You're listening to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. Subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Hey there, Dad. Do you want a job you can do online? What about a way to bring in some extra money for the family? If so, check out paidtowrite.co. That's paidtowrite.co. You can write articles, blog posts, social media posts, reviews, and more. Go to paidtowrite.co, click on the video, and Sarah will be happy to tell you how to get started. paidtowrite.co, go there now. Making the leap from boyhood to manhood is the most important transition that your son will make. His happiness, self-confidence, and future marriage all depend on successfully navigating his teenage years. As fathers, we can either sit by as our sons stumble over their own mistakes, or we can lovingly share our experiences with them to help them build lives of purpose and meaning. Those are the words of David and Stephen Arms, the father-son team behind the book Milestone to Manhood, a Christian rite of passage to help your 13-year-old son make the leap from boyhood to manhood. And as we know from a lot of guys we probably meet out there, some of them are still waiting to make that leap. My guest today is the son from that duo, Stephen Arms, who is now a father himself. He lives in Portland, Oregon with his wife and two children, and he joins us today to talk about how we can help our sons become the men God wants them to be. Stephen, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's so great to have you. David, thanks for having me. No problem at all. So let's start with this, Stephen. Since your father isn't here and he, you know, is the uh, the co-author of this book, we could talk about him a little bit. So tell yeah. us about your relationship with your father. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have an excellent relationship with my father. Um, I grew up in a family of four boys, uh, no sisters. Um, grew up in California, where I spent the first 25 years of my life. And then uh, met my soon-to-be wife. Um, we got married in 2018, moved up to Oregon to be closer to her family, and now we have three kids. Um, my daughter is three, um, my son is one, and then we have another one on the way. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, to answer your question, you know, uh, like most teenagers, you know, my relationship with my dad was kind of strained during that time. Um, but now my relationship with him is, it's awesome. I mean, we, I consider him to be just as much of a friend now as a father. You know, I, I seek his advice all the time and he calls me asking me for my advice. So um, we have an excellent relationship. Uh, that That's beautiful. I, it, something that came to mind when you mentioned about you, about your kids though, too, how spoiled is that granddaughter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's the first one. Yeah. She's the first granddaughter. Yeah. So uh, I think the first one tends to be the most spoiled. Right, right. First and the last, right? You know, my 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 parents. We I'm I'm the oldest of three boys. I, I have a son and a daughter. My 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 one brother's married. My my other isn't, and he's got two boys. So I mean, my 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 little Maggie. I mean, she is spoiled. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But um, yeah, so tell us about this rite of passage. I mean, milestone to manhood, 13 years old. Um, tell us about the rite of passage that you undertook and what did that look like? Sure. So I'll start um, by saying that, you know, a rite of passage is an event that 
indicates the end of one chapter in life and the beginning of a new chapter, right? So uh, like a high school graduation, right? High school has ended. So we have, we throw a high school graduation and then college or work starts after that, right? It's an event that a young person can look back on and clearly remember one chapter of my life ended and a new chapter began. Um, I, the rite of passage that we're talking about in this context is the end of childhood and the beginning of manhood. Mm -hmm. um, other cultures have rites of passages that are uh, along those lines. Um, the most prevalent example might be the Jewish bar mitzvah, right? Uh, most people are familiar X. with <laughs> most people are familiar with that one. Yeah. Um, another example would be the. Uh, Australian Aboriginal walkabout, where a boy is sent off um, into the wilderness for three to six months at a time to survive on his own. And when he comes back, he's no longer considered to be a boy, but he's now a man. Um, modern Western society doesn't really have an equivalent rite of passage event for boys. Um, and so as a result, we're kind of failing to develop virtuously masculine men. Um, there, I would say the closest thing that we have in Western society is a sweet 16, mm -hmm. but a sweet 16 party is, it's really all celebration, right? But you might have a DJ, a pool party, music, uh, dancing, but there's no challenge. Um, there's no actual growth there that would help a boy become a man, right? No one would look back on their sweet 16 birthday party and say, that's the moment that I became a man. No, especially because, I mean, usually when you think sweet 16, it's usually for a girl anyway, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, 16, it's like, oh, you get it. You get a car. Go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not it's not a male rite of passage. No. That's for sure. No. So we we our family has been practicing a Christian version of a rite of passage. Um, my dad started it with my older brother, actually. Um, and I had a rite of passage and then all my, all of my brothers and male cousins had them as well. Yeah. Uh, so our version of a rite of passage, he kind of looked at these other examples of rites of passages in other cultures and said, well, what would be meaningful for a Christian boy growing up in America in the year 2010, right? Um, and that's how he developed this rite of passage weekend. Is there anything that we should be doing with our sons, um, you know, age of reason time, kind of leading up to it? Is there a way to prep them for this? What What is the best way to, to go about it as we lead up to that? 13 year old, you know, hey, you're what you know, the day before you're a boy, you know, the afterward you're a man. How, how do we how do we prepare them for it to lead up to that? Well, we write in the book that um 13 is really the best age to initiate your son into manhood. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about that in a little bit. Um you're talking more about the age of like seven, eight, the years leading up to that, yeah. right? Um I would say, well, for one, the rite of passage, it's not the talk. It's not the birds and the bees talk. <laughs> um, so I would say you should have that talk with your son before this weekend. Okay. Um, that should be separate from what this is. 
Um, secondly, I would say just, you know, as a father yourself, you need to be that example of a virtuous man um, leading up to his rite of passage, right? Because during the weekend, the dad, the grandfather, the uncles, they're all sharing advice about how to be a good man, um, what their faith means to him. They're kind of going to form him as a man during this weekend and uh, give him words of wisdom. Right. But all that is going to fall on deaf ears if you and the other men on the weekend aren't examples of good, holy, godly men. So I would say in the years leading up to the rite of passage, make sure that you're authentically living out what you're going to be saying that you're, you want your son to be living out. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's take a break right here. Um, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we'll chat more with Stephen about Milestone to Manhood. We'll be right back, folks. Hey, dads. Are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website, runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com, R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y, all one word, runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. All right, we're back with Stephen Arms, co-author of the book, Milestone to Manhood. Stephen, you know, today's culture, as you alluded to before the break, is a, is a tough one um, for, for boys, just for, for men in general. What are we missing in today's culture about boys becoming men? And maybe talk about why we're falling short here. Why are we failing our boys? Yeah, I think, you know, to put it bluntly, fathers today, they just don't tell their sons, I consider you to be a man now. You know, it's a really simple thing. <laughs> but if a father just told his son, hey, I want you to know that I don't consider you to be a boy anymore, but in my eyes, you're a man. If a father just used his words and told his son that, you know, at the appropriate age, of course, then <clears throat> boys wouldn't feel the need to prove themselves as a man, right? At, during their teenage years, they wouldn't feel the need to rebel or do extreme stunts. I mean, of course, that's going to happen to some degree, right? Um, every teenage boy does that kind of stuff that just comes with the territory. Yeah. But if a father affirms his son's masculine identity, mm. then a boy doesn't have to take it to the total extreme. Um, to prove himself to himself and to his peers. And the way that might look like, um, you know, it could be extreme stunts, it could be violence, joining gangs, um, the sexual conquest of women, pornography, video game addictions, right? You can slay a dragon in a video game. That all feeds into that masculine trying to prove yourself as a man. Yeah. Um, so, because fathers today don't affirm their son's masculine identities and because we don't have a rite of passage event that bestows the title of man upon a 13-year-old boy, um, 
boys feel the need to prove it to themselves. They're trying to prove it to themselves because no one has told them you are a man now. The other thing I would say is, you know, in today's culture, um, we have what I call a lot of gender confusion, right? There's boys who don't know if they're a man or if they're a woman or if they're a boy or a girl, right? Um, But I got to think that if every father told his 13-year-old son, hey, son, I just want you to know I consider you to be a man now and just left it at that, right? Not creating more confusion or adding confusion where there isn't any. But if he just said that, I got to think that more boys would be confident that they are men, you know? Right, right. Well, you know, I mean, we actively uh, demonize men. We actively say, you know, we don't want to see those masculine tendencies, that that toxic masculinity, if you will. Um, so it's a, it's a very good point. I mean, just say it, keep it simple and say it. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I think a lot of times when you, when you give uh, both, both boys and girls, but I think I, I know when I give my son a task or my wife gives my son a task, even at six, he takes ownership of that and runs with it and makes it his own. And then, and then he comes back and he wants to say, here's how I did this. Here's what I did. You know, they, they're, they're, so if you give a boy, I mean, especially as they're more development, developmentally down the line, you know, those years are, are about the, the reaffirming, you know, because everything is in flux. They're, they're hormones and everything. And they're, they're, you know, I mean, we, you remember, I mean, what, what, what you go through in those couple of years leading up to 18 and your early twenties, it's, um, it's very confusing. And if you're not guided, if you're not led, if you're not given a purpose, what are you left with? So I appreciate you spelling that out and keeping it simple because that's what it needs to be because it's, it's a very simple thing. Um, so talk to us about your relationship with your dad a little bit more. What is the biggest lesson, Stephen, that you learned from him? And how are you going to pass that on to your kids? So I would say that, um, you know, this rite of passage weekend, it it involves not just the boy's father, but it involves other male role models as well. Um, so for my rite of passage, my grandfather was there, my dad was there, and two uncles were there as well. And I would say the one thing that really stuck, I mean, there was a lot that I took away from the weekend, but the one thing that stuck the most was they all said, we love you unconditionally. We are here on your side and we have your best interests in heart. We are your family. We are a tribe of men here to support you. And you can call on us anytime that you want um, as you go through life, through your ups and downs. If you ever have questions, um, our door is always open, right? You can always come to us seeking advice. We have your best interest at heart. And, you know, as a 13-year-old boy, I mean, I I didn't know, you know, what that would look like growing up. But it really wasn't until I got to college that I used that for the first time. And, you know, like most people um, in college, I was meeting new people and learning a lot of new ideas. And it really made me question my faith and what I believe in. You know, Um, I think that's a pretty common story or experience. And so it wasn't until college that I realized, like, I... I need to seek advice and wise counsel about what I'm going through. And I was, to be honest, I was afraid to talk to my dad about 
um, you know, questioning my belief in God or questioning my faith. I didn't know what he would, how he would react, right? I didn't know if he would be angry or disappointed. Um, so it, it was a scary thing to bring to him. But ultimately, I remembered that advice that he gave me during my rite of passage saying, I love you unconditionally. I have your best interests at heart. You can talk to me about anything. And I decided to um, to use it, to take his advice. And I, I went to him. I went to my grandfather and I kind of explained what was going on in my head and the questions that I was having. And they both, you know, they both weren't able to answer every question that I had, but they were able to share more about their faith journeys and their own personal beliefs. And, um, you know, I, I came back to the faith and I, I, so, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You never know what would have happened if I hadn't sought their advice, but I would say there's a good chance that I would not be a practicing Christian today if it wasn't for the fact that I had this rite of passage and they gave me that advice. So I would say that um, the number one thing that stuck with me from that weekend was you are a man now and you are part of a group of men that are here to support you and you can call on us at any time. And um, it really, in college is really where that, that advice shown through. What would you say to the guys out there that, you know, they didn't go through this rite of passage. They don't have that support of a group of men. Um, you know, I, I think we, especially at the last two and a half years, people have been so isolated. They, they, they haven't had that, you know, and you, you leave college. I know I found this, you, you, you know, you lose those, those friendships, that interconnectivity, you may or may not be around Christians or people that that think like you in your neighborhood or where you work. What would be your advice to to guys who are needing that male camaraderie and, and just having a diff- difficult time getting it? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, seek it out with perseverance and fortitude and grit. You know, um, it's not easy to make good, holy Christian friends. You know, they're few and far between. but um, they are worth their weight in gold. You know, those, uh, those holy relationships, those virtuously masculine men that are going to help you grow closer to the Lord. Um, they're crucial. You know, I feel like the first ones that I made was in college and, um, you know, they were the, the groomsmen at my wedding and still are my, some of my best friends. I would say it's tough for sure. I won't say that it's easy to find them, but find them and, uh, and then just hold them closely. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, All the dads out there searching for that. I know I struggle with that myself at times. Uh, you know, I please listen to, uh, what Stephen's sharing here and, um, you know, go out and take the first step and, and God will meet you there on the journey. Uh, next thing I want to ask is what is one thing you want to share to fathers from this book that, that you hope that they take out of it and, um, and why? So if you're a dad listening to this, I would say, and you have a son, you know, who's 10, 11, 12 years old, I would say that you as the father, as the head of your household, you have the responsibility to tell your son that you consider him to be a man in your eyes. And if you don't do that, then your son will try to prove himself through extreme stunts, violence, the sexual conquest of women 
right. um, video game addictions. These are all ways that he is going to try to prove himself as a man because you have not affirmed his masculine identity. So if you're a dad listening to this, I would say it's your responsibility to affirm your son's masculine identity um, at the appropriate age, which in the book we write is, is 13. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, this is my favorite segment of the show. I love the lightning round. So it's five questions, figure, you know, 20, 30 seconds in your answers, quick hits, and then we move right on. Are you ready to go? Yeah, sounds great. All right. Awesome. What is the most rewarding thing about being a parent? The most rewarding thing about being a parent is, for me, it's when everyone is happy and my kids are snuggled up with me on the couch and there's no tears, but there's only laughter and dancing and music. That is the most rewarding part for me. Those are the beautiful times, definitely. Number two, how about when it's not the time where everyone's together and and happy and giggling? What is the most difficult thing about being a parent? The most difficult thing about being a parent is the lack of sleep, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. And it, and it doesn't stop when, you know, once they hit the, uh, once they grow out of the baby stage, right? It just seems to get worse in many yeah. You know, I'll, I'll change a hundred diapers. I will listen to a kid cry all day if yeah. I could just get eight hours of sleep a night. There it is. Love it. Love it. It's honesty. You get honesty here on Dad <laughs> Devotionals. All right. Number three, who is one Christian you admire and why? One Christian that I admire and why, you know, I have always had an affinity for St. Maximilian Colby. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that he. For one, he's a modern saint, you know, and so he, he's, for me, he's more easy to relate to. And, um, you know, he gave the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life for someone else um, and died a pretty brutal death. Uh, so in that ways, you know, he is a, uh, a reflection of Christ because he had his own martyrdom. So right. I've always had an affection for St. Maximilian Colby. Amen. Greatest love is to give your life for your friends. Absolutely. Love it. Great example. Great one. That's one of the best ones I've had so far. Um, all right. What is your what, what would you consider the best resource on biblical perseverance um, other than the book, your book or anything else you, you've worked on? So give me something that's not something you've produced. <laughs> uh you say the best resource of biblical perseverance. Perseverance, yes. Hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Okay. I, I don't know if I have an answer for you, to be honest. Well, any? How about a? Is there a YouTube video you've seen, or a, or a book you've you've uh, that you'd want to recommend um, on anything loosely related? You know, I I know this is. Um, Maybe not the answer you're looking for, but I, I just think that the best examples of biblical perseverance in my life have mm -hmm. been through other men, yeah. you know, that I've looked up to, to my dad, my grandfather, my uncles. Um, the, those are all examples of, you know, biblical perseverance, godly manhood mm -hmm. that have most deeply affected my life more than any book that I've read. That's for sure. Well, hey, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the lightning round. It could be about anything. So if a, a resource could be a person, I would say so, right? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Sweet. 
And that's a great answer too, because it's, it's real. It's, it's, it's for you. So, and I know there'll, there'll be other dads out there that, uh, that connect with it. So thank you. And then the last one, give us a Christian quote or a Bible verse that you're meditating on lately. I mean, this sounds bad because I'm struggling with this one too. Um, okay. But, you know, I do, I do read the Bible every morning. I read one chapter out of the, the Bible every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's just not the way that I, my spiritual life has developed, you know, that I like. Um, well, then is know. there, is there one that you read within, you know, today or, or this week that uh, stood out to you? You know, um, one of the most powerful Bible passages for me has been the story of the prodigal son. Mm. Um, I know that's a long verse. So it's a long Bible passage, but that has always been a passage that has had a profound impact on me. Um, it was something that was shared during my rite of passage weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my grandfather's scripture passage that he shared with the group. And, um, you know, there's so, there's so much meaning in it. I think you could have multiple podcast episodes on yes. just the story of the prodigal's son. Yes. Um, but, you know, at times in our lives, at times in my life, at least I can say, I've identified with the younger son. At times I've identified with the older son. Yes. Now that I'm a dad, sometimes I identify as the father, you know? So <laughs> yeah. there's so much wisdom in that story um, that I constantly go back to that one as one of the most powerful ones for me. You know, and it, and it parallels the parable of the of the vineyard too. I mean, the son coming back at the 11th hour, so to speak, right? And still getting the wages that he was promised because it doesn't matter when we get there. I mean, it does to a degree, but you know, God is merciful. And that's the whole yeah. whole reason here. I mean, and you you mentioned that in college, you were very much a prodigal. As I was, as there's so many, especially guys, I think it hit, hits guys really hard. Um, so yeah, I mean, that I can appreciate that. So I was a Catholic and I converted to orthodoxy way back when. And um, you know, we actually, in orthodoxy, leading up to um, Pascha, our Easter, we have a whole Sunday dedicated to the prodigal son. So you, you talk about the length and having multiple shows for it. I mean, that's a, it's definitely a testament right there to, to its importance and how we all are a prodigal, not even just one time in many ways. When we, yeah. when we don't pray, you know what I mean? We didn't pray that day or um, we didn't defend the faith like we should have, things like that. I mean, and God's that merciful father that we take one step towards him and, and he comes running towards us. So great one. I love it. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Well, look, Stephen, this has been wonderful. And, you know, we are bumping up on time. So I do want to give you a chance to tell us where we can connect with you and grab a copy of Milestone to Manhood. Sure. Um, Our website is milestonetomanhood.com. You can also buy the book on Amazon. Um, Those are the two ways to find us, Amazon and our website, milestonetomanhood.com. Milestonetomanhood.com. Any place where we can connect with you on social media? No, I don't do social. I okay. mean, I just find that it's uh, kind of a time suck. Um, I know that. I probably should, but we have the website and we're sticking with it. Hey, you know what? And that's why you come on. You do podcasts like this and, you know, happy to help you market and get the word out because this is an excellent book that I think all dads need to read. Even if you don't have a, a son who's approaching 13 yet, even if you just became a dad, 
this is a good way to kind of have that stepping stone, something to build toward, and even a, a, a you know a a pathway for um you know how you want to lead your son to Christ because that's what this is about in the end. It's about helping your son understand his role that um you know God created him for a purpose, and this is how it is when he's a man and how he's supposed to uh, live his life in lockstep with what God has ordained. So thank you so much, Stephen. Give our best to your family, to uh, uh, to your father, obviously one of the main inspirations for the book. And, uh, you know, we wish you the best and may God grant you and your family many blessed years together. Thank you. Yours as well, David. God bless. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks for listening to Dad Devotionals. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Until then, God bless.